Hi, hi, welcome. Welcome back to Medusa's Yoni Talks. I have the beautiful Lana. Hi. <laughs> I'm so awkward, I'm sorry. No, it's okay, don't, don't apologize. I saw the awkward, you were like, ah! <laughs> who am I? <laughs> no, honestly, it's like, what, who am I, what do I say? <laughs> I love that. Well, Lana is a beautiful queen, so just tell, go ahead and tell us about yourself. Um, I am a certified yoga instructor and a sound healing practitioner. I also facilitate guided meditations and I'm a sex worker. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. And you have such a beautiful story. Tell me a little bit more how you discovered sex work and how did you discover your spirituality? So sex work, I started as a dancer when I was 19. Um, I didn't start online until about two years ago because of the pandemic. Um, my spirituality, that, that journey started, I was in an abusive marriage when I was in my 20s and I had been back and forth with my ex-husband and at one point in time I was either visiting or staying with my parents. I can't remember, but I was on the phone and I was arguing with him. I kept like going back and forth with him. And my mom had asked me why I didn't stop arguing with him and go to this yoga class with her. And I was like, what? <laughs> yoga. <laughs> right. And I'm just like, I don't like, I don't know, but I'm going to go anyway. So I went and it was like one of the most transformative moments in my life. Um, it was so peaceful, so relaxing, so calm. Like I hadn't felt that those feelings in so long. So I was like, mom, when are you going back? I need to go again. So I really got hooked on yoga after that. Uh, it really helped me to just get out of being in a destructive pattern with somebody else. It showed me that there was something I could do for myself. You know, it's only for me. But in doing this thing that's only for me, like I'm a better person when I'm finished with it. Oh my God, you're giving me chills listening to that because I so agree. <laughs> I love yoga so much for that. I feel like I'm always thanking myself, even if I'm having a hard time being on the mat, I'm always like, thank you for showing up for you. Because there's so many times that we're just so stressed out that it is hard to show up just for you, just for a moment to meditate, just to breathe. Sometimes we forget how to breathe and yoga teaches you how to breathe. Sometimes we don't even realize we're holding our breath because we're so yeah. stressed out or yeah. we're so sad and like we're just like hunched over and we don't realize our breath is like basically cutting in half at that point. Mm -hmm. And yoga's like, no, open up, expand. You've got no choice. Even if you can't do nothing else, just lay out on your mat in Shavasana and breathe. breathe. That's it. Oh. That's all you've got to do. <laughs> That's all you got to do. So from that point forward, did you decide like, okay, this is something I want to like continue to practice? And then the, did... from my first class, sorry to cut you off, no, but from my it. first class, I knew it wasn't something that I was just going to practice forever. I said, no, I have to teach this to people. I was like, hold on, hold on. I need to teach. I need to show everybody about this. Like, I don't understand how everybody's not doing this. It was blowing my mind that like, 
everybody wasn't practicing yoga. So I just started to tell everybody about it. And I started to study more and go to yoga classes and workshops and inquire about teacher trainings because I knew it was like something that I had to do. It had such a positive impact on me. I don't think there had been really anything in my life that it had such a positive impact as practicing yoga. Yeah, honestly. When did you become a yoga instructor? In 2015, I became a yoga instructor. I practiced for, wow, I want to say four years before I was able to take the training. I was a mom of some small children at the time and, you know, it was expensive. And I said, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this. So I started inquiring to yoga studios about scholarships and telling them my that? story. What? I didn't even, now you're teaching me something. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Oh yeah. I was taught, like, I told them my story, you know, like I'm a single mom, you know, I'm out of this abusive marriage and I'm just getting back into the workforce and I don't really have that much money but I really want to do this and I finally I found a studio that told me that they were willing to like discount their training in half for me and also put me on a payment plan they were giving me like a scholarship worth half and then put me on a payment plan so that I can work and also take the training so I did that that. yeah it was amazing I created some wonderful bonds with the women that I trained with that I still talk to all of them to this day Um, it was wonderful like it helped me deepen my practice and it also gave me the tools that I needed to teach other people yoga not just asana but you know all of yoga yeah I feel like people only don't do the asana was like what just stretching right yeah it's just the physical postures so what when people think of yoga you know they just think of like a pose yeah and not so much all the you know the breathing and the meditation and how you treat yourself and how you treat others the foundations of yoga people don't like really know all of that stuff exists yeah i definitely i didn't know that there were different types of yoga until i started doing yoga and someone had asked me they were like what's your favorite yoga style since you do yoga and i was like i don't know And they were like, you must like vinyasas. And then I ended up going to my next class and they were like, this is a vinyasa flow. And I was like, actually, I do like vinyasas. <laughs> I like feeling strong and I like feeling like I can get deep into these poses and stretch at the same time. I like a combination of both, but I definitely didn't know that there was different styles mm-hmm. of yoga up until I started practicing myself. Oh my God, it's such a healing tool. Yes, I yes, love it's that. so great. It's great. Do you still um, teach and... So mostly these days I'm not doing any um, teaching, like any group teaching since the pandemic. It's been that way for me, but I feel called to do another training and then see where that goes. Um, you know, you're always a student. Yeah, I, that's how I feel like, you, you know, you're always a student of yoga. It's not, you never stop learning. And I want to continue just learning more yogic philosophy and more um, anatomy stuff so that I'm making sure people aren't getting hurt in any of my classes if yes. I'm taking on groups. Yeah, and I didn't realize how much you have to know about the body. And knowing mm-hmm. about the body also teaches you, okay, like if I'm feeling this pain over here, it might be associated to this type of anxiety or this type of trauma. Like our literal bodies are telling us stories sure. and ta- yoga is teaching you like, okay, if you can't get into this position, it might be trauma involved or it yeah. could be the stress involved of the day that you were just going through. So when you mm-hmm. have that in your mind and then you go and do these yogas, you're like, man, I did have a rough day. Let me release, you know, stop thinking about this. So that way this, my body 
can release. Sure. You know, and that's that's definitely a big thing that taught me too. Mm-hmm. And that's something I want to bring to people too, like in that yoga aspect. That's, that's sure. I feel like everyone needs to do yoga. <laughs> I, that's how. That's really how I feel. And you know, like a thing of like women that go through like the just like traumatic experiences with partners that. Um, a lot of the time it's stored in different parts of the body. So like I remember the first time I was in a yoga class and we were doing like a series of hip openers. And then oh I started God. to cry and I was like oh, embarrassed. Like, oh my God, why am I crying at yoga? Like <laughs> this was my first time. Like I didn't know then that people cry at yoga all the time, that it's a thing. But, you know, after I'd stayed to talk to the instructor and she really said that sometimes women hold like a lot of emotion in the hips. And doing those hip openers like that can help to release some of those stuck emotions. Mm-hmm. And that, like, I I never knew about that. I never knew, you know, I basically only felt like I held stress in my neck. And that was the only thing. I never even knew the hip thing, so. Yeah, I definitely knew the hip thing, but I didn't know the, the neck thing. And mm-hmm. then the back thing. And no. that, like... Um, something I recently learned was like, if you have like birth trauma and you go to do the deep, um, have you ever heard of Wim Hof? Mm -hmm. So if you go to do the Wim Hof, um, breathing exercise, but without the retention, the retention is like when you hold, um, Mm -hmm. you're like breathing for like, or you're breathing intensely for like a 30 minutes to a minute. And then you hold Mm -hmm. for a minute. That's the retention. If you just keep breathing and not do the retention, you can see your body literally curl up and you can see where you have trauma from stemming from birth all the way to current you can see how your body like will crinkle up and your hands will do this or like your feet will do some weird things or your body might do some weird things so like literally even doing the breathing techniques show you where your trauma is stored in your body and that's something i didn't know i was like that is so cool to know let me see (laughs) let me me release this trauma in my body but it's so uh when you started doing the yoga (laughs) and um you were obviously still a dancer so how did you were able to come together with those two So when I started doing yoga, it made me like more confident at work. It made me outside of the physical benefits that it was giving me, like stretching. It also made me like more patient with people. Um, And it made me know that people are there to connect with somebody on even if it's just like a sexual human level, it's like a human level. They've come in to connect with somebody. And I felt like I was able to do my job so much better because I could understand that, like seeing them as people that came in to connect with other people, because I used to see it as something like way more negative and it used to kind of bum me out. Like, Oh, I got to go deal with these guys. And, ugh. and then like, but once I started practicing yoga, it just, like made me feel like these are humans and they want human connection and like it just became so much easier to like talk with people and to be around them knowing that that's why they came here and I'm going to give them that like I'm going to give them the feeling that like we all want which is to feel like cared for and appreciated even if it's just in that moment sure yeah do you feel um Yoga has healed your trauma in doing that, being able to give in that way? Sure. I think yoga has helped me to heal a lot of my traumas that I had. It's helped me to know that I'm not alone. Like, 
it's helped me to find a community of people that I've like, I feel like when I talk to other people that practice yoga, they all have, you know, our stories are not the same. We all come from different places, but there's all like similarities, like struggle and, you know, trauma that people have worked through. And it's something that I feel like people that are like emotionally and spiritually tough turn to because it's like, I don't know, a way to work out work out all the madness that we deal with in this world. Without actually having to say anything. Mm -hmm. That's the best part. I feel like therapy nowadays, um, I feel like even for me, from a very young age till adult years, I went to therapy and I was kind of told the same thing. Wow, you're so, you're so aware. And I'm like, okay, what is this awareness gonna do for me? Cause I'm telling you what the problem is. I'm telling you what I feel, I know how I feel. But with yoga, I feel like I'm able to go in and I'm like, okay, I know what the problem is. I can physically feel it. Let me just breathe and not say anything. Like in those moments, I feel so validated and validating even my emotions to being like, you know, you're, you're valid for, there has been times too, where I broke down, I would go to a yoga studio and just cry <laughs> while everybody else is doing yoga. And I'm just laying there. I'm like, <laughs> but it just feels yeah. so good. And like, I'm, I'm in a space of feeling safe to feel my emotions and I'm creating a bubble, even if it's not in the studio, but just in my home, I'm creating a bubble to feel my emotions. Mm -hmm. And that's something I, definitely didn't have before yoga I felt like I just bottled all those up and was like no I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine you know you can only repeat I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine before you know because I felt like that my entire life I'm so aware but none of this awareness is doing something for me and now whenever I'm in a space of like triggered or sad or whatever I go and do yoga and I'm like this is my space to talk without physically speaking and being told the same thing you're so aware i know i'm aware now i'm doing something about it sure <laughs> you know that's definitely a big thing for me yeah i was raised religious so like for me my mom used to always when i would have a problem tell me to pray and like i used to just pray so much and would always feel like there's like nothing receiving yes but with yoga it's kind of like not really praying, but like me having a com a conversation with the universe and the universe having a conversation back with me, but yeah. with no words. Yeah, it's so hard to explain what yeah. that feeling yeah. feels like. Yeah, it's yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, like, if, I think if people don't practice, if they don't know, then you will have never felt it. But there's definitely answers that you get. There's questions you can ask and answers that you get when you're there in that moment with no words. No words. It's just a feeling. Oh, being hugged by the universe, literally yeah. <laughs> hugging yourself as the best. Um, how would you feel? How would you say um, trauma has affected your sex life, passion and desires? Um, so trauma affected my sex life in a huge way because there was a time that like I didn't even want to have sex. I felt like the obligation. What, what um, the obligation of being married at like a young age and feeling like, like a people pleaser for my husband, like I always had to, you know, do whatever he wanted me to do sexually. And then when we were done, I just didn't want to do anything with anybody, like including myself. I like had like just the feeling like I don't want any type of sexual desire. You violated for a really long time. Yeah. And that would make anyone close up. So how did it affect um, you moving forward? Were you just like shut down for a really long time? I, well, I shut down for a while, but then that was right around the time I started the yoga teacher training. And it's like, I was falling into like this really sad place, like closed off place. But then in that training, it 
opened me up to just wanting to meet people and wanting to like explore and see what pleasure I could find in life because I felt like I was um, just about to turn 30 years old and I felt like why should I not be living a life full of pleasure and happiness? Did you find it? I did. I, absolutely. <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> absolutely. I've had like the best, the best transformation since then. Like I feel like I'm have such a wonderful sex life that I help other people to have wonderful sex lives as well. So I love that. Um, how do you feel about masturbation? I think it's an important way to get to know yourself. I think that if you don't, like especially as women, if you don't masturbate and know what, what feels good for you, like you can't really instruct somebody else to do what you know feels good for you. They can kind of guess and maybe do things that they've done on other people to see if it works for you. But everything is also specific to each of our bodies. So I think it's important to learn yourself first and then you can show somebody else like, this is what I like. Show me what you like. Yes, I love that. Do you feel um, masturbation could be spiritual? absolutely I feel like a lot of the times for me it is spiritual it's like um like one of the highest forms of meditation like I it's also at times where I can ask questions and get answers from the universe like yoga <laughs> would be something what would be something you ask during sex oh my gosh I like always ask for like just more of like ask for abundance like I feel so abundant right now like thank you thank you thank you to the universe it's like just so much gratitude oh and like to, to receive you are me because I feel like I do the same thing I'm like I feel so good please give me more abundance yeah, yeah, I'm like <laughs> so thankful for it and just wanting more. So. Yeah, I definitely feel that exact same. And I honestly thought I was like the only one. I was like, am I just a weirdo? But like, no. damn, I'd be feeling so thankful. Yeah, <laughs> I no, gotta thank and I've got to thank you. I also noticed something that when I'm with my partner, I'm constantly being like, um, I'm thinking I'm grateful for this being soul, yes. for being here in this moment and sharing something with me. Because um, I too shut down after my marriage and during my marriage multiple times for you know feeling obligated. There were so many um, arguments, even when I was pregnant with my youngest son. Yeah. We had this argument where he would be like, why aren't you having sex with me? And I'm like, because I'm not in the mood. Like, I feel fat right now. I feel... I feel a lot of things, but I'm not feeling horny. Like, mm. And I'm not feeling that. And I, it was so hard to tell that to someone and then land in an argument about sure. it. So it made me be like, well, then I'm just going to shut down because like, I'm not feeling heard. I'm not feeling like validated. I feel more so like a sex object. I get it. You're horny and all these mm -hmm. things, but like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, same, same I've got experience. things going on. So yeah. like... During my marriage, I shut down. And I always say there was a period outside of my marriage that I also did shut down. And it was just like, we never had that spiritual connection. So once I started understanding and even having my own, like this, this means a lot to me in this moment, I also feel like you can manifest in those moments with your partner without even them realizing or with them realizing. Sure. Because when you have sex and you release an orgasm and you're just feeling so fulfilled, that is the time to be like, I want more fulfillment <laughs> and this is what I need. I deserve it. I'm like thankful. You know, you're thinking the universe, you're thinking yourself, you're in this, this most high vibrational energy. Sure. And that's something I definitely didn't experience during my marriage. And that was, mm -hmm. that was a very truth, um, 
eye opener. That was an eye opener when I realized that once I did start realizing and I started doing those little affirmations in my head after mm-hmm. sex, I'm like, am I a weirdo? But like, <laughs> I really just feel good. Like I, I want more abundance in all ways. Cause I'm just so happy. Like it's, it's a real thing. Um, how would you say you created sexual intimacy with someone you just met? Um, by allowing people to be themselves and don't like make sure they feel like there's no judgment. You know, I feel like we intimacy is something that we can have when we're being our true selves. What would you do though? Like, how would you create that moment? Even if someone just completely met into the one night stand, (laughs) just just met intimacy with a one night stand. Um, eye contact. I think eye contact is like an easy way to create intimacy with somebody. It's the eyes are the window to the soul. So eyes <laughs> and a lot of like hugging, even if it's not sexual just yet, we can get there really fast, but let me feel you, you know, hug me, make me feel um, safe. Yes, <laughs> and the yes. moment I connect that, if we're not having a connecting conversation, if I can just feel safe for a moment, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to start, you know, being open to you. I'm going to listen to your body. I'm going to allow you to listen to mine because that's a thing. Allowing someone else to listen to your own body. True. You can definitely shut down and be like, nope, I don't want them to know how to please me, all these things. Mm-hmm. But once you open up and be like, I'm going to create this moment because I too want this and I know they want it. Like it can be as intense or not as intense. It could be as sexual or not sexual. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you say you can voice or how would you voice if you're not liking something like someone's doing something you're like I need less or more of this I'm just gonna say it just like it is I um had such a hard time saying things just like they were like my whole life I would be afraid to hurt people's feelings I would rather my feelings get hurt and me be uncomfortable than to hurt somebody else's feelings well I did away with all of that now if I don't like something if somebody's doing something to me I'm just gonna tell them like Kate. Like right there in the moment. I don't like that. Yes. Like right there in the I moment. Don't, <laughs> you don't, I don't like afterwards. Like, no. <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't like that. I would like it if you did this instead. Can you do a little bit less of that? And can you do more of this? It's like kind of telling someone that you don't like something, but not telling them what they should do. I don't like that. But like I will tell someone I don't like it and to stop it right in that moment and to do something else because it's just the way I have to operate now. You are so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I admire that so much because for me, I'm like, I've been in so, I'm still overcoming that, not gonna lie. I'm still overcoming being able to say my voice because there has been moments where I lead by example and I would like maybe notion it or I would maybe start to say something and then I would just feel their response would shut me down. And then it would leave me in the future and being like, well, if you don't like it, then just slowly fizzle it out, like slowly stop the sex or like. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I needed a, I needed to stop immediately. I'm not here for anything I don't like anymore. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm at the age and at the point of my life, like if I'm not enjoying something, unless it is work, like 
I'm saying something immediately so that we can remedy this. And I want everyone in my life to deal with me that same way because I don't want to be doing anything that's making anyone uncomfortable and they're trying to figure out a way to tell me, you know, like, no, just tell me. And I'm going to try my I, best to change my ways. I think <laughs> I find it better for me personally to say it afterwards because, or I'll find a conversation where I'll be like, you know, maybe, or I'll like joke about something and I'll be like, because eh. I feel like they take it, maybe it's my approach. Maybe it's like the way I might say it, but I've noticed like when I go to open my mouth with both men and women, they'll say their comment that might make me feel rejected, but then it'll make me be like, well, how did I... How did I say that that made them feel like they had to like hurry up and like shell up and like give me a defensive response, you know, rather than actually listen to me? So I always like to wait for the moment to be done, even if I had to slowly fizzle it out and then like wait a little bit <laughs> and then say something. And so that way, you know, and if the future didn't take it, then I'd be like, okay, well, we're just not going to be intimate no more. You didn't listen to me. But in that exact moment, I've watched so many moments be, um, for me personally, just be like, just weird. It gets weird after that. Once I say something, it gets weird. They get in their head or um, they were projected at me like I'm the problem. And I'm like, I'd rather just, you know, finish this moment and then we can talk about it later. And so I admire that <laughs> so much because I'd be in my head like, oh, I don't want this to happen again. So let me just wait a little bit. It's a thing though. Um, do you believe in soul ties? Yes. Yes. I want to say yes. I believe in soul ties. I don't believe that they are things that happen outside of our control. Does that make sense? Explain more. I believe that we choose soul ties. We really? Are, I, be, I don't think that it's we meet someone and it's like our soul is tied to them from before. I think it's sexual. I think that sometimes when we are operating on a certain level, a certain frequency where sexual relationships can cloud our judgment of like what an actual relationship is, that people can feel themselves having what they would call to be a soul tie. Because I never really hear anybody talking, speaking about soul ties in like a positive way. Like it's always like somebody that you have sex with and it's kind of like a... a more like an on and off again situationship type of deal, not something that's like super positive, like a soulmate. It's more like a not good thing. And I think that that happens from just a lack of boundaries with sexual relationships, like a lack of creative hobbies and other things going on in your life. Because I think that if you have all of those other things going on, you know, you have creative hobbies, you have a support system of family and friends, you have a career that you love. I don't think that you're going to get into like a purely sexual soul tie with somebody. Like, I think that when you're vibrating on like a level where sex, that's the only way that you can connect with somebody. I think it's possible for it to happen there. Yeah, I believe that we do choose our soul ties, but I definitely believe it happens throughout sex. Sure. Um, I feel like every person that you have sex with, you are exchanging your souls with, or not exchanging more so like we're in this moment exchanging energy. So our souls are connecting. And I do physically feel that like, um, if a man comes inside me, I can literally feel that connection True. and I'm like, Oh, whoa. And when, for me, 
in my perspective, if you're constantly thinking about someone, even say you had sex with someone 10 years ago and they just randomly popped in your mind, it's because your souls have been connected. You, you tied a little bit of that together. So where they're always going to pop up in your mind, whether it's good or bad. Um, and those can be broken. I've you know found ways where if you just acknowledge that energy like okay i know that there's an energetic chain here and i don't want that you know um you can cut that very simply you can just be like nope non-existent um but i found it to be very painful if you don't even acknowledge that um there's been times where my body has been crippled due to the um, energy exchange um so cute (laughs) but it definitely is something that you can choose you can be like i choose to stay connected to this person or i choose to disconnect from this person um i don't know do you feel like soul ties mostly do happen from the exchange of like sexual intimacy or yeah i think that it's 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 or there's other ways i think no i think that it's that's what it is it's like it's when People are not able to connect intimately, like, with other people in other ways. And, like, sometimes, like, this person just comes out of nowhere and they have this very, very strong, intimate connection. I think that that's what it is. Like, I've been there before. And that's why I feel like it can only happen if those circumstances are right. You know, if you have a lot of other support and a lot of other intimacy in your life is really hard I would think for you to like become like fall into a soul tie or to choose to be in a soul tie with somebody yeah I feel like everyone I connect with it's a soul tie (laughs) I be feeling it and I'm like I don't want to be connected with but the moment (laughs) I connect disconnect myself from those people whether if it was just for a collab or it was actual like us wanting to be together if even if it was just oral the moment I disconnect myself from that person it's almost like I forget their name. I forget their energy. It does not pop back up in my mind. I've met people who be like, well, I choose in this exact moment to not stay connected to them. And that works for me. And I'm like, you're so powerful. <laughs> that's, and that's how it is. So for me, like, I don't connect. I choose the souls in which I invite into my life. Like, I, there's nobody that's here that's in my realm that is there because they have chosen or because the universe has chosen or destiny has chosen. It is all on me. And it is because of people's actions, the way that they treat me, the way that they treat others. That's how you get to stay in my life. I allow lots of people in, you know, but the people that get to stay are the ones that I feel are aligned with me. You know, it doesn't even have to be like, we have so much in common. It's just that there's not like constant conflict and struggle because I've felt tied to people where there was that conflict and struggle and then when I paid attention I asked myself like what am I really doing entertaining this relationship is nothing but conflict like I can just go and find people that I'm aligned with because there are people that I'm aligned with that we're not having just constant conflict. And that's just how I choose to live my life. I know there's 7 billion people out here. I'm not going to get along with everybody. I'm not going to be the best friends with everybody. But the people that are for me are so much for me. Like they make me feel so fulfilled. I know that I do the exact same thing for them. And yeah, I'm not choosing anything else. Do you feel like you could have a twin flame or a soul flame in a friendship? Sure. With no sex? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I think that we probably have many of those throughout the stages of our lives. Um, 
I'm almost 40 and I feel like I've felt like plenty where it's like I feel a lifelong connection to a person or I just feel a very strong connection to a person for a moment. One beautiful thing that yoga has taught me is that it's all about this moment. You know, it's not about anything else. So when I'm here in this moment with you, it's like there's not anybody else existing in this moment with me besides me and you. So in the, in like soul ties, it's like, again, I would have to be choosing that person to be there, you know? And I like really just feel like I'm like on a level of love where if something isn't bringing love and peace to my life, then you're not welcome I definitely feel that. Yes. Cut the cord. <laughs> Get out. How do, how do you handle when you feel like your energy has been go- given overly? Like whether friends, events, or intimacy? Being alone, um, playing my singing bowls is always like really restorative and healing for me. But yeah, being alone, um, being outside in nature, I like to feel the sun on my skin. It feels really recharging. Yoga is always great. Meditation, journaling. Those are the things that really help me feel like I can get back to myself because, yeah, being around people, being out, events, all like work, it's very draining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How often do you um, mingle and work with people? Um, wow. I encounter humans like a lot during the month. <laughs> I will say that. Like, you have to think about it. You're like, how much do I? <laughs> yeah. And some months it's less because like I really can't take like so much interacting with people but yeah it's do you have a routine to keep your self-care in check when you're like having these busy months oh yeah but the thing is sometimes my routine gets so thrown off that like I will have to go through burnout before I'm like all right well I guess I have to get back to my routine I will try to pack so much into my schedule um because capitalism (laughs) it's really hard to stay spiritual and maintain the job that we have you know because you're adult adult worker and in the industry and it's really hard to be like okay i'm over here and i've got to people please and i've got to create all this content i've got to do all this work i got to mingle with all these people and there is times where i'm like did i meditate today when was the last time i meditate oh crap it's been weeks like, I, that's why I'm so haywired. Like, it's really hard for me sometimes because I'd be so busy. Like, there's moments where I keep them, you know, on a good schedule. And then one will overdo. And I'm just like, when's the last time I'd had a me time? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so necessary when you even think about it. You're like, oh, that's why I had so much anxiety. That's why I was so anxious. That's why I was so, you know, angry or diff- whatever it is. Sure. so triggered because you just didn't have a moment to... You know, it's hard. It's hard to fit all that. It's 24 hours in a day. And it's like, wake up, meditate, yoga. All right, what else do I do? <laughs> you got to think about all those things. It's, it's really, really hard. How it would you, you, would you say you fall out of your alignment schedule pretty often? Because of work. It's like if I, when I have time to be at home, if I'm home for like two weeks straight, I'm not traveling, I'm not doing anything, then I'm great. It's perfect. I'm on schedule. But like traveling, then things get thrown off while traveling. You know, sometimes it will be like a delayed flight. 
to just throw off like my entire schedule. So when I'm traveling, my schedule is like my routine is all off. I never know if I'm going to practice yoga. Like I usually like to find a yoga studio wherever I go to practice, but I don't know if that's going to work with my work schedule. So it's always just something that I have to think about that I have to plan for. But the one great thing I love about meditation is you can do it anywhere. You know, you can do it just for a few moments. If I don't do it every day, like I definitely will not be good for the public. Like I will not be good at my job. I will not be good for anybody. Like I will be mean. So what's your favorite meditating exercise? If there is one. Um, so I really like box breathing. That's good for me. And then just mindfulness meditation, just being in this moment and breathing right here, right now. It's like so easy, so simple. You can do it anywhere, anytime. That's, um, always been my go-to outside of song healing because I can't travel with my bowls everywhere. How often do you play your bowls? It kind of depends. It's like sometimes like it's like I get a call, a feeling that I have to play my bowls. And there are times where I'm struggling with mindfulness meditation. Like I just can't get my mind to focus. And I'm thinking about every single thing else. So in that time, I'll, instead of doing mindfulness meditation, I'll go for sound healing meditation. And as soon as I start playing the bowls, you know, I'll like maybe hit, hit the hat, hit the mallet on the side once and realize like, oh, I'm not paying attention. And then I'll get really into the zone. So, um, have you ever done any, um, tantric or type of breathings with a partner? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. How would you say that's been for you? Oh, that's like, it's such a powerful connection. I, um, I did a workshop on uh, tantric breathing and it was really, really a partner workshop. It was really, really um, intimate and just a different form of connection that I felt like I'd never felt in my entire life. Like, I have sex with all these people and like, it's like, no, there's sometimes no connection there. Like for me, I feel like no tie to them whatsoever. And then, but sitting in a space, breathing with somebody made me feel more connected. And it's just, I don't know. It's amazing. It's something that like, I tell people, if you have a partner, absolutely try it out. If they're into, if they're into the same metaphysical, spiritual things, try it. Yes. Um, how often have you tried that with a partner? I've only done it that one workshop, but like, I feel like after this conversation, I would love to implement <laughs> that more with my partners because it's a really wonderful way to connect. Have you partaken in any ceremonies solo or with a partner? I have never done any ceremonies with a partner. I've done um, a healing ceremonies with a shaman and that like that really, really helped, although it was very difficult at the time to go through. There was a lot of tears, um, but it helped connect pieces of puzzles in my head because there were things that I used to like, ask myself, like, why am I like this or why do I do this? And uh, after that healing ceremony, it kind of showed me, you know, like, why like the reasons why I did the things that I did and a lot of it was like just lack of love and lack of knowing how to love myself so what were the ceremonies that you partake um it was mushroom and cacao Ooh, yummy I love those I, I love doing those type of yeah ceremonies. yeah heart opening yeah. and just being in the moments oh my god um what was your biggest takeaway from the ceremonies that it's up to me to love myself, that everything I do, I ask myself, like, is this, 
decision in out of love for myself. Like the food that I eat, the things that I consume, the conversations that I have, I'm constantly asking myself, is this done in self-love or is this done from destruction? Because a lot of my choices before used to be done from destruction just because I didn't know how to choose to love myself and make loving choices. Are you a vegan or plant-based or no, eat no, normal? No, I, I eat, so I, was, so I was a vegan and what happened was is I was losing, like I'm naturally 100 pounds, so I was losing a lot of weight because I was not eating the right way. So I just started to eat. I eat whole foods from the earth. I eat everything. Um, I do feel compassion towards the animals that give their lives for me to eat. Do you ever like bless them? Like, of thank you. Always, <laughs> always, always. I'm so, I'm so grateful for them as well as the plants. You know, I'm also grateful for the plants that are here to nourish us because it's just, I have so much gratitude for everything. I love your soul so oh, thank much. You. <laughs> it's literally so beautiful. As you're talking, I'm just like. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you so much. You're do so you sweet. see auras or anything? Nope. No. No, but I do. I feel vibes. You know, I don't see, I don't, I'm not like able to see the colors. I don't have that gift, but I do feel vibes for sure. I love that. The energy. Yeah. I feel <laughs> What would be something you wish you could tell your younger self now that you're an adult and have experienced life the way you have? Oh, my gosh. Uh, to not care about what other people think, to not be a people pleaser. I think that was like a big, big problem with me was that I cared so much about what everybody else thought. And I wanted to please so many people. I wanted to do things to please so many people that when I looked up, I realized I hadn't done anything for myself. I had done what I felt I was supposed to do for everybody else, but nothing for myself. And that's when I just decided that I was going to live life on my own terms. Um, I'm going to be a sex worker and make money and have fun and be sexually liberated and not feel badly about what I do. Uh, when I was younger, I was like, had a lot of whorephobia in me. So I felt like all oh, people that are sex workers, you know, they don't have any morals they don't have any respect I for themselves of course of course because morals is not something morals you know they they vary from person to person and i don't think that like sex is something that's inherently a bad thing it's not something that should be looked as immoral it's something that we all do like you know eating and like sleeping even masturbating we're taught that that's a bad thing Mostly for the women. Yes. <laughs> and I think it takes some time for us to unlearn those things uh, to be free. Because otherwise, if you don't, then you're living in like a little box and you're not actually getting to have all of the pleasure that's really out there. Yeah. That's a big thing. Um, I was reading up a domestication a few months ago and that's when I learned that, you know, from the time we're born up until we become like 18, whatever time you move out of your parents' house, we're receiving domestication from our parents and then their domestication they receive from their parents mm -hmm. so we're living already in this shell and by the time we turn 18 19 whatever time you left your parents house from that point forward it is now up to us to undomesticate ourselves <laughs> and really figure out what do we really like oh we actually really like this self stuff and in a period of time while we're trying to unlearn that we go through a lot of self-shame yes. and we go through a lot of self-doubt because then 
for years, we were taught that this is the way, this is how you should think, this is how you should be, this is wrong, this is right. And then when we're figuring out what's wrong might be right for us, we're like in this weird like, uh, but you know, we've really yeah. got to break free from that. And it's hard. Um, I feel like as me, as a mother, one thing that I'm trying to teach my children, if it makes you happy, I'm happy. Yep. You know, because if we keep telling them it's right and wrong and it might be something that's right for them, then when, by the time they turn 18, 19, now they've got to break out of that shell. And if they don't, then they stay in the box mm-hmm. and then they walk through their life um, not sexually liberated, um, not fully going into their desires, passions. It could create blocks of all sorts because anytime you're trickling down that lane, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. I was taught, you know, <laughs> that's wrong. That's wrong. And I'm not going to lie, too. Same with me. The whorephobia that you mm-hmm. called it. I didn't even know that was a word. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but whorephobia, definitely, I had that as well. Um, when I, you know, when you first start having sex, they, you get teased about it, sure. especially if it was young. You know, I was 14 when I lost my, how old were you? 15. Yeah, so we were young. And around that time when, people, you know, high schoolers are finding out or middle schoolers are finding out you're having sex, they're like, you're a whore, you're a whore, you're a whore. <laughs> so when you actually do the whore work, you're like, I'm a whore. Oh my God, I feel disgusting about this. But when you go through the work and you actually be like, well, actually, these are my friends, may or not be, but, I, you know, we're still receiving that energy. And this is actually a great field to be in. And, like, we're actually very strong beings to be able to step in this light and say, I'm no longer going to stay in this box and I'm going to be in this box. And this box is right, not wrong for me. Sure. Like, that's a very big power that I didn't realize. And sex workers taught me so much, too. Yes. <laughs> What's something that sex worker taught you? Um, sex work has taught me to have strong boundaries like boundaries have become such a huge part of my life like I love it I have such strong boundaries at work you know if something I don't want to happen it's not going to happen when I'm at work you know I I make my boundaries known and that's kind of spilled out into all areas of my life you know from work to my personal relationships to my friendships that if there's something I don't want to do I don't ever feel pressured to do anything because I'm like hey I don't want to do that you know it's, it's outside of my boundaries and I'm not going to do that if you want to violate my boundaries then I don't know if you're the type of person that I want around me you know because there's as I said so many people out here you don't have to find someone who you have to violate their boundaries you can find someone whose boundaries are aligned with yours you know yes i agree with that i definitely didn't understand my own boundaries before sex oh, work me either <laughs> me like, either i don't even think i knew what boundaries were i definitely oh. didn't know what boundaries were i was like it, it was kind of that go with the flow because i yeah. was also still married mm-hmm. when entering sex work so it was kind of just like oh I've, it's, it's okay just don't say nothing mm-hmm. but then when i really started standing my grounds so i was like no yeah this is what i want this is the experience that i want like you know and being able to walk on set and being like yes no and then it trickles in it makes you look at like how come in normal society why can't we have those yes no boundaries and them be respected and Mm -hmm. a lot of my sexual issues of voicing my this is what i no longer want or i want more of this with people it's with people who aren't in sex work and i find that people who are these souls who are in sex work they take it more serious on how can I please you? How can I connect with you? Because them too are struggling with the exact same thing. And I feel like a lot of sex workers, if they have anyone outside the in- industry that they're mingling with, mm-hmm. probably have that same thought. Like, why can't you understand this of my yes and no's and mm-hmm. give me more? You know, it's like, it's, it's a weird thing that I'm noticing. Like, 
the industry is very powerful and a lot of people don't understand that they have that whore phobia and they're like oh you're you're out here opening your legs you know <laughs> blah, blah blah i'm like actually i'm creating a lot of strong bonds here and i'm getting to know people and people respect me you probably wouldn't respect me in this manner or if we were in our own room without all the cameras and you know we had this going on that's why a lot of people are allowed to be able to feel free in their kinks Mm-hmm. You know, because they feel respected in the industry to do so. On the normal basis, people, they'd be like, oh, you're submissive. Oh, you're dominant. Goes into the phobia and they, their brains go into so many different ways. And yes, it can be extreme or it can be soft play. But I feel like definitely sex work has been so powerful to a lot of people in that way. I think so, too. And I think even the people that like watch you know, I think that the more we have conversations about consent and boundaries and, and let people safe see sex safe sex, all of those things, I think that the general public, they're watching and they're hearing and they're learning things. So they will, you know, I feel like it's probably going to take them a little bit longer to catch on, of course. But uh, us having these conversations is important because then they know or they can know, like, it's okay for somebody to say that they don't like something that you're doing. Like, it doesn't, it's like, you don't have to feel super offended you know like just find out what they do like and do that and even like in the men aspect there has been times where men had told me that they were afraid to say that they don't like their dick touched a certain way sure um like deep throating yeah. or if they are uncircumcised like they you do need to handle it a little bit differently right and i find a lot of men are afraid to even voice that so it goes for both men and women oh, yes. you know it's just it's crazy how we're just having to find our own voice eventually to be able to be like, ah! <laughs> yeah, so our boundaries don't get disrespected. You know, we have to have find that voice. We really do. Are you going to respect my boundaries? <laughs> you don't. You don't respect my boundaries. But it's okay. I love you. <laughs> so cute. Um, okay, I, I, that pretty much wraps us up on Aww. everything. Tell us where we could find you. So you can find me... Um, Jeez, where can you find me? My Instagram is Lana the Pretzel, and my OnlyFans is Lana Ryder XXX. My Playboy is Playboy.com, and I believe it. I'm Lana Ryder there. I think so. <laughs> that should be all the places that you can find me. So check yes. me out. Go check her out. She's amazing. She's beautiful. She has Thank all the you. tapes that you're gonna want to see. And she's also a healer, so if you're ever located on the West Coast and you need some healing, she will be here to help guide you in some yoga, some sound bath healings, so I'm sure. Thank you so much. Thank, <laughs> thank you for you having again. me. Thank you so much and openly talking about yourself and you. talking about you know your self-care and so that way we can all learn from you how you did it and how you were able to push past. So thank you so much for that. Thank you again. Yes. Having your sweet because little baby with me. I know. <laughs> Until next episode, thank you so much for tuning in. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>